Hello everyone and welcome back to Sprint Race Show, the show where I talk about all the main things that's happening in the world of Formula One. My name is Emma Ridgeway and as always I will be your host. Thank you very much for tuning in. Why am I so excitable and talking so fast today, you might ask? Well, I am running on adrenaline after yesterday's race. Oh my gosh, there is so much to talk about. Screw yous and revenge were clearly on the menu yesterday, from Taylor Swift re-recording her album Red, to a Formula One fight back, the likes of which I have never seen in Formula One. Brazil a country which I absolutely love. To me, Brazil is exactly what you imagine it to be. It's joyous, it's love, it's food, it's family, and you can just feel the history of motorsport there. They have loved an all-time great and they have lost an all-time great. My only frustration is that it's no longer the final race of the season and it hasn't been for some time. But ending the year in Brazil always gave us drama and I think it's decided six world championships in the last 20 years. And ever since we've switched to Abu Dhabi, to me it's felt a little bit less exciting. Interlagos is also one of my top circuits because it just satisfies fans and drivers alike. There's high speed, there's oscillation, track elevation and a long straight that actually allows for overtaking. To me, it's a dream track and paired with passionate racing fans who, you know, absolutely love the sport more than anything, it's the perfect recipe for a good Formula One weekend. So I was so excited coming into it. Mercedes and Hamilton had, I think it's only fair to say, a roller coaster weekend. And again, one of which I don't think I've ever seen in this sport and I don't know if we ever will again. It was a sprint race weekend, which ironically, given the name of this show, I actually forgot about until Friday lunchtime when someone messaged me telling me that sprint qualifying was on that evening. We also believe that there will be six sprint races next year. So for me, it's good to see them continue. I thought that Hamilton was just fantastic during qualifying for the sprint race. He went into the event knowing that he was to have a new engine, which we knew was coming anyway, I think. And with this upgrade, regardless of qualification, he was going to take a five-place hit. So with that in mind, obviously you hope for pole, which minimises the damage of that hit. And Hamilton answered with a stunning pole. Not long after qualifying ended, we heard the news that Mercedes were being called to the steward's office for an apparent rule infringement. If you tuned into the weekend, you'll know that the gap when the rear wing opens has to be a set limit. And for some reason, the gap was, as we later found out, 0.2 millimeters wider than it should have been. The whole thing to me was startling because the stewards didn't even make a decision about this infringement that night. It took them until after practice two on Saturday, just hours before the actual sprint race, to confirm that Lewis Hamilton was to be disqualified from qualifying and would start the sprint from the back of the grid. That was huge news. The stewards also gave Verstappen a €50,000 fine for touching Hamilton's rear wing after qualifying. Another story for another day there, 
but on the decision itself, there is so much to say here. Firstly, I agree that if the rear wing was opening too wide upon testing, then it deserved the result. It, as harsh as it was, as horrible as I, I thought it was. But there is precedent within the rules for damage. And that talks about times where measured parts, which will be later tested, obtaining damage during qualifying or a race will result in them failing. It is then uh, at the discretion of the stewards as to whether or not they will punish a team or a car for failing a test due to damage. We don't know for sure if this is what Mercedes argued, but personally, I would imagine that they would be arguing this point, which might indicate as to why it took so long. Regardless of that, though, I think it still dragged on way longer than it needed to, and it was unnecessary drama, in my opinion. Toto actually confirmed multiple times, or at least he stated a number of times in interviews, that one side of the rear wing was damaged, uh, and that was why the infringement happened. With this in mind, I do think it was quite harsh to disqualify Hamilton, but they had already set precedence for this by punishing Sebastian Vettel's car earlier in the year, back when they couldn't measure the fuel at the end of the race, which was again also due to damage. They punished Vettel and they've punished Hamilton, which makes me wonder why the damage argument is even there in the first place. A lot of people like myself felt a little deflated after this announcement. Starting at the back of the sprint race, knowing well that this result would determine the starting position for the main race, I, like a lot of other people, thought that the fight was over now. We will get to that point eventually in the season, but it has been so exciting on track, and so for it to seemingly end due to a technical infringement felt really unfulfilling. The sprints this year have been, I'd say, mixed in how they've been received. They do add some extra drama, as we've seen so far. Um, Both of them have ended with Hamilton and Verstappen colliding. But surely there was going to be no chance of that, given that Hamilton was starting in the back and Verstappen starting at the front. But given that it was only one third of a race, I thought it was every bit as thrilling as I had hoped all the sprints would have been this year. All I could think of was, in comparison to the sprint race on Saturday, Charles Leclerc in Bahrain in 2017 in Formula 2. The famous sprint race that made people realise how good he is. Because on Saturday, there were some incredible overtakes. And to me, the entire event belonged to Lewis Hamilton, who, from the back of the grid carrying what I imagine would have been a completely deflated team, carved his way through the field with some incredible overtakes on Tsunoda especially, Ricardo, Norris, everyone up to P5. P5! 15 overtakes in just 24 laps. All of a sudden, this momentum which had swung to Mercedes before suddenly flinging back into the hands of Red Bull after the disqualification, somehow had made its way back to Merck. Sure, the engine penalty would be coming and that would put Hamilton back five places to P10 for the main race, but Bottas would be starting on pole 
And given the phenomenal performance from Hamilton in the sprint, I imagine Red Bull were seriously worried about his pace for that main race. By this point, I'd already seen so much happen within the space of the weekend that I could fill a number of episodes of this show, which is so unusual in itself. Rarely does the politics of Formula One have such a direct impact on the biggest players in this way, and given how close the championship fight is, any big decision like a disqualification for Hamilton or even Verstappen was going to be extremely controversial. For me, I love that in spite of all that, during the sprint, Hamilton did all of his talking on track. And for me, it was a stunning performance. Or at least I thought it was, until I watched the main race. Sometimes I struggle to find adjectives to describe the the greatest performance. There are moments that you remember from watching sports, whether it be your favourite team or driver doing something that makes you go, wow, I think that was something really special. And sometimes you don't even realise it in the moment. Often you're so caught up in what you're seeing and the excitement of it all that you don't realise that this exact moment is going to be something that you will never forget. You'll never forget where you were, what you were doing, who you were with, how you felt when this particular moment occurred. And only long after do we realise that that was actually a moment in time. But sometimes you do realise, you think, this right here is something incredible. And when that happens, you just want to take in every single second of it. That to me was how I felt watching the 2021 Brazilian Grand Prix. Watching Lewis Hamilton after a weekend of drama, lows, highs, carve through the field as though everyone else were in another division, go on and win the main race. The moment where he tried to overtake Verstappen, who was in P1, and where he was pushed wide, had me on the floor. Literally, my face was in the carpet. My head was in my hands in that moment. I did think that was a little cheeky of Max. And for that to happen, uh, I think he was very lucky not to get a penalty. But then he did it. He managed to overtake Max on the second straight. And not only that, he, he was racing for the win. He was overtaking for the win, regardless of the drivers. I love that. And we don't get to see enough of that. And we haven't seen enough of that. And that was when I knew that I would remember that moment. I don't think I've ever seen a weekend quite like this. For Mercedes to be so antagonised from the broken rear wing and Hamilton's disqualification, Verstappen getting away with being a little bit aggressive, and then finally a €5,000 fine for Hamilton undoing his seatbelt to collect the flag, to completely dominating on track. They were clearly angry, Mercedes. I think they felt really hard done by. They were clearly out for blood and, my lord, did they take it. It was one of the biggest screw you moments I think I've ever seen in Formula One. In, in sport in general. That look that Toto Wolff gave to the camera, he said later that was for the stewards. 
don't know if you should have said that out loud, Toto. I think we, we knew that without you actually saying it, but thank you for the clarity. And for Hamilton, this to me was one of his best ever performances. And the result of this now means that he has cut Verstappen's lead to just 14 points. Have I recovered? Um, no, not yet. I was hyped up and excited for hours after the race last night and I'm now very tired today. But next weekend we go to Qatar, which is a new track for Formula One and I have no idea how it will be, but I don't know if it will be able to top this weekend in Brazil. Good luck to everyone who is making that trip, all 17 to 20 hours of it. I will say that I won't be making an episode for the Qatar Grand Prix, or at least not immediately. Why, you may ask? Well, let's just say that the last minute scheduling of this race means that I won't be available. But given that we have a gap in between Qatar and Saudi Arabia, which again, to me, feels really stupid. Come on, Formula One. I will make an episode in that gap. So see you all in a couple of weeks time. Enjoy Qatar. And as always, thank you very much for tuning in.